Welcome to the 16th episode of the Uneasy Podcast. My name is Isis. This podcast is about many of the uneasy conversations we go over and over in our minds. In this 16th episode, we will engage in conversation with my friend Adrian and about how your personal influences affect your creativity and how your creative contribution is a direct reflection of things you wish you saw more of. I want to give a huge thank you to Adrienne for her time and thoughtfulness. Adrienne was so kind to share her creative process and all of the assessments and what-if scenarios she considers before producing new content to share, as well as the personal aspects that make her work and contribution to a larger body of creative work still carry her voice. I will continue to correlate such uneasy ideas of the creative process to the book I recently wrote titled Upala. The title of the book is spelled U-P-A-L-A, and it's available for purchase on CreateSpace if you want a printed copy or on Amazon if you want an ebook. I want to also remind you that I've included my email on the first page of the book, and I want to encourage you to reach out and share your uneasy thoughts, reactions, suggestions, and uneasy stories. I want to gather all of your input and with your permission to share, of course, create our own series of episodes featuring the topics you would like for me to discuss. I want the book Upala and the Uneasy podcast to resonate with as many people as possible, and I'm asking you to connect with me. I want the book and podcast to be the best it can be. So please leave me comments, email me, join my Facebook page, send me a tweet, all of which can be found under my company name, Quasi Sounds. That's Q-U-A-S-I-S-O-U-N-D-S. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Imagine you lived in a world that was a true reflection of the things and people you cared about, an accurate portrayal of how you consider yourself, and the messages and values you would like to share with others. How comforting would it be to feel included? Not because you're being made fun of or mocked, not because you had to defend or explain yourself, not because you were defined in opposition to the ideal or any stereotype, but solely included for who you are. Last episode, Garth asked very poignant questions. Do we want to live life a different way? Don't we want an abundance of humanity? Why is it so important for this power struggle to maintain the status quo where only a selected few are fully enjoying the system? I sat down with Adrienne and she shared with me her efforts in contributing towards creating an abundance of humanity and not just accepting the limited script characters the media is coercing us to accept. Really what I'm going through is trying to fill a gap in what is on television. There's this this meme out there that says create things you wish existed. And that's truly how I approach the creative process when it comes to creating content for media. It's, I just want to see stuff that's not that's not there. And so when I sit down to start creating... It's really exciting for me every time. It's like my favorite day of the week, the day that I set aside to just go through ideas because there's a lot of personal experience attached to those ideas as well. That's where I draw every idea from, whether it's my direct personal experience, my adjacent experience to someone else in my life that has gone through a thing. Um, It allows me to approach things from different perspectives, all kinds of stuff. And so it's always fun to go there But then I think about what do I wish was there and what needs to be there. Right now there's all this high tension and and, um, my favorite, favorite sitcom in the world to this day is still Family Matters. And there's an episode of Family Matters 
when Laura and Eddie and all of them were in high school and somebody had a gun at school and someone ends up getting shot. It was such a dramatic episode. And for me being like 10 years old, I was like completely freaking out. Not for fear per se, but like, oh my God, people take guns to school, like what? And it took me like a month to not be afraid to go to school though, because I thought somebody was gonna have a gun. And it was it was really good because once I finally said that out of my mouth to somebody, it, uh, it allowed for a very healthy dialogue. Well, since then though, we've seen a lot of that happening in schools and all of that. And that was kind of forward marching for Family Matters in the early 90s to be talking about that. Because when you look 10 years later, 20 years later, that's that's what that's what's going on. And so like I think in those terms of what are some things on a serious level that we can bring. Our channel is rooted in, in Christianity but all of our content is not solely based just about church. We also want to bring purely wholesome, entertaining content as well. And that does allow for us to talk about a variety of topics. I created a talk show format so that we could do some of that. When I look at things I want to see, that's another big one. Like, what do I watch? What are some of the things that I would like? I always have to remind myself because I get real caught up in trying to fulfill other people's wishes and not sticking to my own script, sticking to my own gut. And I have to remember all the time that God has given me a particular desire, like a burning passion that let me quit my job so that I could just focus on doing this. A job that I loved, but the passion was so much stronger than my love for my job. And there is a reason why. For me to then stray away from what I, from what's in me. And so I'm always trying to put myself in check when I'm working with, with my team or with our executive director or a marketing director, our social media manager. There's so many people on our team that are fantastic at what they do. And it can be difficult sometimes to take the best of what they know and take the best of what you know your idea is when they don't meet. And it's a lot of compromise. And quite frankly, I'm hardly willing to compromise the essence of a project because the essence of a project is like the heartbeat of it. If I start compromising the heartbeat of the project, it's dead as far as I'm concerned. It is so easy to stray away from ourselves in order to please or feel acceptance from others. The book of Paula starts with the protagonist behaving in a way she believes is most pleasing to her mother, and her agreeable behavior reemerges throughout her adult relationships. While Upala maintains her strong opinion about everything, she keeps it to herself. So that is why she seems torn in every incidence in her story. Upala is afraid to fully put herself out there and to fully come into herself with all her opinions and biases because she is fearful of rejection. Because people's ideas are very valid, but sometimes you have to remember and just know, go with your gut go for what you know this is the project and nothing else there's other times though we've you know i've brought ideas to the table that were great people loved them and then there's a but attached and the but is always good because it helps me then to also stay on on task with what the channel is about like this isn't my personal channel and i have to remember that in addition to just coming up with great ideas we're looking to serve the need of our audience 
We don't, we're not on television, we're on YouTube. And so making sure that we're meeting the need of our audiences is, is very, very important. And so if our audience isn't gonna like an idea, it's, I'm not going to put it out. Like when you just know they don't want to see that, then you just hold off until a later time. And also that's a, a really important thing that I came to, to know and understand when I was in film school. All ideas are not necessarily bad just because they can't happen right now. And it's really hard when you're a creator and people are negatively responding to your ideas because that's, that's all you got when you're a creative, when you're a writer or a producer and a director and editor where you're delivering a product that's only in you. If I have an idea, it's only in me. And so if I say, hey, I have this really cool idea and so on and so on and so forth. And the response is like, that's whack. It almost feels like I'm whack because the idea came out of my heart, out of my head and it, it can make you feel very insecure about your capacity to do the job when time after time after time it keeps being, or you, you feel like you're being rejected. And it's important though to delineate between that someone is doing that versus just how you're feeling. You can be really close to your ideas and really close to your work. And just because there's a criticism doesn't mean that they're downing you, but you're so close to it that any sense of criticism then makes you feel like, oh, it's not good enough, or I'm not good enough. As you can probably tell, I'm extremely proud of my book, Upala, and I have created the Uneasy podcast around the book in hopes of engaging with more potential readers and to create discussion around the ideas and situations presented in the book. The book itself is very unique in the sense that when I do describe what it's about, people have a hard time categorizing it because the book handles relationships, intimacy, self-acceptance in a very unique way. Let's just say it's not all roses. I remember one rejection letter saying that the book Upala is too personal. But but it's true. And you go out there and you're shopping your scripts around or you, you're pitching your pilot and over and over again, you get so many more no's than you get yeses. So many more no's than you get yeses. I'm writing a book and it can really make you feel like maybe this wasn't a good idea after all. Like maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm the only person that thinks this is a great idea. And... Um, I'm like really growing. My roots are getting deeper with being able to stay firm in who I know I am and in my calling to do what I'm doing. That way, when the winds blow and the leaves, like the leaves might rattle and fall off and branches might break, but the tree is still super firm. That is the, the visual goal that I have for myself is to be firmly rooted. And there will be times and your feelings get hurt. And so those are leaves that fall off or you get a really hard no to an idea you thought was awesome and that's a branch just breaking off in a storm. You know, like sometimes those things do hurt, but it doesn't keep you from continuing to go forward. It doesn't keep you from continuing to try. So how do you view your work? Do you only consider it to be work once you've finished or do you consider work as a process? How are you learning to appreciate the process? It doesn't keep you from going back to that same project and doing some revision. Cause like too, you know, you write for days and weeks and months and it's like, what? This is perfect. Don't you tell me it's not perfect. And to have to go back to it sometimes, it's just like, forget it. 
I, I just can't. I don't have anything else. I, this was all I had, and now you're telling me no. And that's not always so. You know, taking the, that necessary break and walking away from it is definitely uh, part of that process. My One of my mantras in life is appreciate the process, no matter what you're doing, whether it's cooking or making a film or dating a significant other, going through marriage, carrying a, a baby through pregnancy, no matter what it is, appreciate the process. The process is meant to be uncomfortable and to suck sometimes and to cause you a little bit of pain. There's not a process in the world that does not hurt or cause discomfort. Putting cookies in the oven might not hurt you, but it hurts those cookies. It hurts that pan because it's burning hot, you know, but at the end result to all of it, you, you birth a healthy baby, you finally see your movie in theaters, you finally get your the, your shipment of, of books from the publisher. Those cookies come out of the oven fresh and hot. All of that stuff, the end result is amazing. And so learning to just appreciate the process and know that it is going to, to materialize at the end is something that, um, as I've grown, I had to start learning it in college. Um, but as I've grown in my work and as a person and as a woman and as a as a believer in Christ and in all of my relationships with other people, it's one of those things that has been the 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 game changer is the ability to appreciate the process or not has really been um, the difference maker in how you view how I view life, how I view my work. Anything I've set out to do before I start, I already have a clear picture of how it will turn out. I don't start thinking about all the steps I need to take in order to get to my end result. And maybe I should start considering the amount of time and energy required to complete the work. But I'm afraid that if I'm that realistic, I might talk myself out of it. I always maintain a clear picture of how it will turn out, and it's usually successful. Otherwise, I figure, what's the point of putting myself through this? So whatever I've accomplished throughout the process, I know exactly when I have reached the end. Next episode, Adrian and I will continue our discussion about the creative process and also seeking approval once you've put your piece of work out there. So please check it out. Also, please rate this episode, leave a comment, subscribe to the Uneasy Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. For more details about this episode, please visit QuasiSound's website. I've included my speaking notes for this episode for you to read as well as the music. And while you're there, please buy my book. I sincerely appreciate your support and it will help continue creating more content. Thank you for listening to the Uneasy Podcast.